0: Jesus Christ, we thank you this day for all that you have done for us and that you're present with us in this meeting. And you've promised never to leave us nor forsake us. Open the eyes of our heart and give us understanding today through your word of who you are and what you want to do in us. Help us, speak to us, guide us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are always near. And we praise you for the joy you've put in our hearts thank you we bless you in jesus name amen if i haven't met you my name's jonathan pleasure to be here today and i was reminded this morning that not last time i was here but the time before i went i got home it was blowing a gale and i went fishing that day and it's a very memorable day because i got a big barra and i got a barra in an unusual spot at Emu Park but it happened right after I spoke here so maybe we should all go fishing after this. I <laughs> just want to quote a scripture and then I'll tell a story it's from Acts and it says I saw the Lord always before me for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced my flesh also will dwell in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption you've made known to me the paths of life you will make me full of gladness with your presence. One of the most recognized persons in the world is the Queen. The late Queen Elizabeth II and she was a woman of God and it's been inspiring to hear all the different little stories along the way of her life. And also that with her funeral that was beamed all around the world, it was so Christian. And she was a woman of faith and it shows the impact that a life devoted to Christ can have, but uh, I heard a story of, told by one of her police royal protection officers, Richard Griffin, and he was accompanying the queen on a picnic in Balmoral, which is her little house in the hills, well not little, but a castle. And they met a pair of Americans who were walking on their holiday. And the Queen, as she did, would always stop and say hello when she met people. And Mr. Griffin said that they greeted the two tourists and it was clear from the moment that when we first stopped that they did not know that it was the Queen. And the American gentleman was telling the Queen where they'd come from and where they were going next and they'd been to Britain and he could see it coming and sure enough he said to Her Majesty, and where do you live? And she said, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just over there, and it's a castle. The American tourist then asked the Queen how long she'd been visiting Balmoral for. And she said, oh, well, over 80 years. Well, you, if you've been coming here 80 years, you must, you must know the Queen. <laughs> and as quick as a flash, she said, well, I haven't met the Queen, but Dickie here, he meets her regularly. security guard so the Americans asked if they could have a photo and they asked him what is the Queen like and he replied well she can be very cantankerous at times but she's got a lovely sense of humor so they asked the Queen to take a photo of them standing with the security guard and then they also gave the they swapped over and got a photo with who they didn't know was the Queen and then they waved goodbye And Richard said, Her Majesty said to him, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when she shows these photographs to friends in America. (laughs) Hopefully someone tells them who I am. Can you think of a time when someone didn't recognize you? Or met you multiple times and still said, uh, hello, what's your name? It doesn't feel good, does it? And I mean, I I get caught sometimes meeting someone new, like as soon as they say their name, you think, what's their name? (laughs) Or what about how often, you know, you go to the shops and you see someone you know, and you're like, but they just look straight through you and keep walking. I remember I was in Kenya a few years back and I'd had four weeks and I was totally surrounded by Africans. and, And I hadn't seen a white people for a month, a white person for a month. And when we went to the markets in Nairobi, I remember seeing in the distance a group of what I thought was Australians or other white people, and I was excited. And when they got close, I like looked at them and I was expecting a warm, friendly conversation like we were having with other Africans. And they weren't interested. They just kept walking. And it reminded me that's what it's just like at home. We don't often stop and have long conversations with people that we don't know. But I was absorbed in the African culture and I thought, oh. Great, they're going to have a chat with me, but they didn't. Maybe on your way to your seat at church, someone looks at you and you just think, no, I'm just going to go sit down and not say anything today. Or have you ever received mail that was sent to your house but it's for someone who used to live there? Happens to us and RTS, return to sender, give it back into the mail. And if that comes from a company... Until they change the address on that, they're going to keep sending to your home. I want to look at a story today, and you'll be familiar with it. And We're on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. And there was two men going to a village a few miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. They're talking about Jesus. And while they were talking... A third person came up behind them and started talking with them, who was Jesus. And it says, but their eyes were kept from recognising him. Think about the Queen. Those Americans didn't know that that was the Queen. And often we find ourselves in life, we may not recognise the Lord. Even though he's right beside us and right near us. And either we're not hearing his voice, or we could be distracted, or not believing what he has said. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? Haven't you heard of these things that have happened? And he said, What things? And they said to him all these different things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was him, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and all the different things. And then goes on in verse 22. Moreover, they were telling how some women went to where he was in the tomb and they couldn't find his body. And then some of us went and had a look and we still couldn't find his body. And he said to them, you foolish ones, How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. It's already been mentioned today that all the way through the Old Testament, it speaks of Jesus. All through. And may our eyes be ever open to see him. So anyways, they drew near the village where they were going and he acted as if he was going past the village. They urged him strongly, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now fast spent. And so he went in to stay with them and it says that when he took the bread, blessed it, broke it and gave it to them like we just did in communion, their eyes were open and they remembered the last summer. They remembered and recognised it's Jesus. And he vanished. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened to us the scriptures? Now skipping forward a little bit, uh, they went to the place where they were walking and they were then talking about these things with one another. And it says that Jesus came and he stood among them and he said to them, peace. Peace. Peace to you. It was said before that they were sad. But they were startled and frightened, and they thought that they had saw a spirit. We've got a little bit of reading today, so bear with me. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. Touch me. See me. Jesus is alive. I think the Lord would probably say the same thing to us again. Like those words are applicable to us right now if we are troubled. If we have doubts in our heart. Why? Why do you doubt? Skip forward. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. It says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem all the way to Mount Morgan. Thank God. His word has come to us. And it says, verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay until you are clothed with power from on high. The main idea I wanted to get to today, I said all that just to say this I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, each of you. Interestingly today that the meeting we opened with talking about Holy Spirit. And Jesus has sent the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. And it's a promise for each of you. And each of us needs the Holy Spirit to live. Each of us needs the Holy Spirit to live a holy life, to live a mighty life, to know the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And I find sometimes it could be like the blokes on the way to Emmaus where we don't fully recognize the Holy Spirit is with us, or we're distracted, or the enemy tries to make us think that the Holy Spirit's the crazy uncle, or the one that does strange things now and then. And we don't really need that. We just need the Word. We just need to pray. We don't really need that, but we do need that. And he has promised that we would have that. And it's interesting, he says, I am sending you the promise of the Father. And that's why I started off talking about the mail, that you can say return to sender. Because the Spirit has been sent for each of you. But is it, is it getting to the right person? Or is it finding nowhere to land and then it goes back and return to sender? You see it's a promise for each of us, for our good, but our eyes can often be kept from seeing it or recognize that we need it or recognize that we need more of it or walking in it. Or sometimes if we've experienced a little bit of it, we think we've got all of it when there's always more of it. There's infinitely more of it for each of us for the rest of our life. It's possible too that as disciples we can also be slow to believe. Jesus rebuked those disciples and he said to them, you guys are so slow to believe all the stuff that has been said in the prophets and in the Psalms that I fulfilled and I spoke to you about and now I've been raised from the dead and you're still wondering where I am. It can happen to us, even this side, even with we've been given the new covenant and this blessing, we can forget. Just want to summarize a few things about the holy spirit the holy spirit was given to for all and it says in acts 2 39 for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the lord god calls to himself another thing that happens with the holy spirit is you receive boldness In Acts 4, it says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and recognized that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. And we spend time with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is refreshing. In John 7, it says that rivers of living water. It says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. Because the Spirit at that time had not been given. So the Holy Spirit refreshes us. The Holy Spirit refreshes others as it flows through us. Also says the Holy Spirit is a comfort. It says early days in Acts, they're walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the church multiplied. The Holy Spirit enables us to do mighty things. When David was anointed by Samuel, it says the Spirit rushed on him. And then from there, he went to the battlegrounds. He spoke to his brothers and he declared over Goliath, who is this? Philistine that says these things and defies the armies of the living God. He went on to defeat him with a mere sling and stones because he stood up on principle for the things of God. There's an interesting little part of that story too and I was sharing with the youth a few weeks back how Saul offered David his armour and when David put it on, he said, I... I can't do it, I've not tested this armour. I can imagine it being too big for him, too heavy for him. And sometimes there are things in life that we put on or hold on to like armour, but they're not the armour we should be wearing. And in an earthly sense, the king's armour you would think would be the best armour, but it's got to be the right king. And the armour that he ended up going in was the principle of what he had always done. It said, I have defeated the lion and the bear, and this Philistine will be just like them. And we know in another place that Scripture, it says the devil prowls like a lion looking to devour us. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Something about in our private life, like David, when no one's around, resisting. But we need that that armour and God's Spirit helps us to know that. Gideon, it says he was clothed with the Spirit and the the defining of it was that kind of like God put Gideon on and went and did mighty things. Another thing that happens in the Holy Spirit is healings. We know from the early days of the church that uh, the shadow of the apostles would heal people, that The lady observed that just from watching Jesus operate, if she reached out and touched him, she would be healed. It also says in Ephesians, and we've already mentioned the wine today, it's interesting. It says, Ephesians 5, And do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. When the Holy Spirit came at, in, the, in Acts 1.8, or Acts 2, they thought they were drunk with wine. So sometimes the things that happen with the Holy Spirit seem strange, but Jesus is the one that holds the bread and the wine. And sometimes he's, giving, he's serving wine through the Holy Spirit. And sometimes he's serving bread. Sometimes it might, be, it might seem strange and odd to us what he's doing. But, so being filled with the Spirit sometimes can seem strange to our eyes. But it's what he's doing. There's so many more things that we could try and cover. But I wanted to just highlight today a few of the things the Holy Spirit does. And there'll be things that He does in you that either I haven't mentioned or you're yet to experience. But the question or the challenge is to start looking and recognize what he's doing right now in you and that he's with you and it's a promise of the father that he is always with you and that we need him as much as we need salvation as much as we need to walk in faith the holy spirit is the power that's being given to us for life itself so how might you receive It says in Luke 11, For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. It goes on, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him how much more we need to ask we need to ask we need to believe that we will receive when when people lay, it says um, receive the holy spirit with the laying on of hands the interesting thing to look with those words or when you've seen people being prayed for is receiving It's been given. When Ross wakes up at five and and yells out, Daddy, bottle. He gets a bottle. I'm not going to give him Coke or something else. And, And it says, If me, even though I'm nothing like God, know how to give good gifts to my son, each of us when we ask, He will give us this good gift. The other important thing to remember is if we ask for the Holy Spirit, we're not going to get something else. We shouldn't fear. Sometimes people fear, what if something else comes on me? What if there's some other thing? No. He'll give it to you. When we ask, it's a recognition of our need. It's a recognition of our reliance and we need to seek and look for what has already been given. A turning of our heart, a spiritual hunger for what's already been sent. To look and recognise His presence. I heard a thought this week of when Jesus was baptised with water and then the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove can you imagine living your life with a dove on your shoulder if you could visualise the Holy Spirit coming on you like a dove and how you'd be more conscious of what you did how you spoke so as to not do anything that would cause the dove to fly away. Not to make us think it's got anything to do with our striving or earning, but I think there's a challenge for us to guard our lives, to protect the presence and be aware of living a life with the Holy Spirit, looking for His presence, looking for when He is on our shoulders with us. Receive. The Father has sent the Holy Spirit for our good. Jesus said, It's better that I go that the Holy Spirit would come. And just take a moment now to think how conscious are you of this gift? And if you're lacking in any way, the promise for you today is to ask and it will be given. You can have more of the Holy Spirit. There's more for you. There's more power for your life. It said you will be my witnesses. It also gives us power to witness for him. Be passionate about him. I wanted to encourage each of you today to seek more and to be conscious of Holy Spirit more than you have been up until now. John, I'm wondering if you can play what a friend we have in Jesus. and We'll have a... Just a few, a few minutes of waiting, but I, I encourage you, if you recognise you don't have the full measure, when it said, be filled with the Spirit, the meaning of it is, go on being filled. When you pour water into a glass and you go over that top mark, the water's flowing out. But when you stop, it will just stay at the top. But we can continually be overflowing infinitely. There's more Holy Spirit for you. There's more of His presence for you. He is with you. I think we have a few moments of waiting on Him. If. If you feel like, no, I want to have someone lay hands on me today, respond in this way, then please come forward, or Justin or Rosalind will pray for you. But go home. When you go to bed at night, pray and, and ask the Lord, help, help me recognize the Spirit, help me to see, help me to walk with the Holy Spirit. Know the presence of the Holy Spirit. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, you have given us this awesome gift. And I thank you, it's not just one thing, it's many things. And I pray on behalf of all of us here that we would go on being filled that today and tomorrow and the next day and through the week and the months we would know your presence we would know your power I thank you that it's power to live a holy life I thank you thank you that it's power to heal the sick I thank you that it, it is to power to speak in tongues I thank you that it's many things and may you unlock Our minds to understand the scriptures like you did the disciples and to see and recognize your presence. We receive it by faith, the gift of God, the promise that you have given. I thank you, you are eager to give it to us. We turn our hearts and minds aside to you. We drink you in, Holy Spirit. Just have a few moments of silence. John, you can start to play if you wish. And just drink, just receive, just wait, just listen. And then we'll sing. If you have a need in the body today, we should pray for you as well, because Jesus Christ heals. Father, I thank you for this town, Mount Morgan, and we bless it in Jesus' name. And declare to it that the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God, the Father, the Trinity, loves Mount Morgan. And Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost including Mount Morgan, every person. And let your wind blow on this city. Let let refreshing flow through the streets, through the schools. Let it be that the people would taste and see that the Lord is good. And Lord, come to this town like you have revealed yourself in days gone by, but do it in a more mighty way. Because, Lord, you said in that wedding feast you saved the best wine till last. May the miracles and the dealings of God done in this town be mightier than we have ever known. Because this is who you are. And you said of us that we would do greater things than you. And I thank you that through the Holy Spirit, mighty deeds are done. We bless this town and we believe this day you have not finished here. I thank you for salvations and faith and baptisms and deliverances and you would send, you would convict of sin in regards to righteousness and wake up those that are asleep and use us all here in this room to be mighty witnesses for you in big and small things. Lord, we lift up anyone in this room that has a need in the body And we declare that healing is in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ heals. Psalm 103, remember the Lord and his benefits, he heals and he saves. So let it be that right now they would be healed in the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ would do it. You are Yahweh Rapha, our God who heals. You are wounded for our sicknesses and our infirmities. We proclaim this over this town. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He heals, he saves, he delivers, he blesses. We command a blessing over the town. Thank you for your hand upon this fellowship here, this congregation and the others. Thank you for your hand upon Rosalind and Justin, blessing them, leading them. We give you praise Lord for what you would do in us. We love you. We need you. We thank you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let's sing and then have some fellowship together.